0: The following podcast deals with topics of a sexual nature and is intended for mature audiences only. Hey there, just wanted to make a quick note about this episode. We are discussing dominance and submission, largely in the form of relationships that are sexual. Therefore, it is somewhat implied in our episode that a lot of um, DS relationships are sexual in one form or another. But I really wanted to make clear that not all dominance and submissions, and not all dom and subs are having a sexual relationship. So please keep that in mind as you listen. Enjoy!
1: Kinks and Tangents Episode 2
0: Hello! Welcome to another episode of Kinks and Tangents! Woo! Woo! I'm Brittany Jane. And I'm Max. And today's episode, episode two, is going to be on dominance and submission.
1: That sounds super fun. Or
0: doms and subs.
1: Yeah, or capital D, lowercase s.
0: Or capital D, lowercase s. Um, I think it's really important, before I really get into the nitty gritty of this episode, that we review some of the standard um, beliefs around the BDSM community. Mm-hmm. And for those of us that are a part of um, DS relationships, this should sound very, very familiar. If not, then um, welcome to this knowledge. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's important to review um, risk-aware consensual kink and okay. also safe, sane, and consensual. Um, it's number one in all BDSM relationships and play. We are all adults. All of us that mm-hmm. are in these sort of dynamics and practicing BDSM and um, essentially when you say I am doing risk-aware consensual kink, you are acknowledging that what you do may have a risk involved and that you are doing everything you can to minimize those risks, whether it's a physical, emotional, mental risk, um, and that everyone that is in, is part of that act or scene or relationship has consented to it. Yeah.
1: And that's one thing I see. You have this idea of the big extreme of BDSM where it's just, you know, you're doing all this physical, really physical, sometimes violent actions. Yeah, But in reality, it could be further than the truth.
0: Sure. And I think also um, it's really important to note for anyone that's looking to get into um, BDSM that are looking into doing flogging at home or, you know, rope or anything like that, there is no way on a legal level in the United States for you to give consent to being part of a scene that a person strikes you in a way that is sexy times for you. Mm-hmm. Um so, if you are practicing your safe, sane, consensual kink in say an apartment complex and you're yelling and screaming, maybe you're part of a scene, you're saying, "Let me go, let me go." Your neighbors will understandably be concerned. The cops might be called on you (laughs) and you might have to do some explaining. So it's really important to also be aware that the vanilla world has a very specific perception of what is going on. And um, again, you technically on a legal level cannot give consent to being flogged.
1: Uh, in my old apartment, we had a, a lady in the opposite corner of the complex and she engaged in a lot of BDSM Ooh. on a frequent basis. Wow. So, uh, you we, know,
0: everyone was very it, aware. Everyone was super <laughs> aware. And
1: it was kind of like, you know, the neighborhood, you know, clock tower, you know, when, when the clock strikes midnight, you hear the bells oh, It was around no. 11 o'clock. You'd hear, hear this lady screams <laughs> <Yeah>. every night.
0: <laughs> did you guys ever complain? We did not. Okay. But you were aware that that was yeah. what was going on. Yeah. Is it because you knew them or you just kind of assumed? I just
1: kind of assumed and every once in a while you hear the occasional laugh
0: oh so it's like
1: oh okay they're they're having fun
0: yeah and then the other thing that i really wanted to point out was there are a lot of non-binary ways of communicating dominance and submission beyond male dom or female dom male submissive female submissive um and there are many many types of sexuality self-identification and i'm gonna do my very best to use non-gender pronouns um so if i have a slip i'm apologizing to you (laughs) um but i am also apologizing to the audience because i would like to be as inclusive as possible so if either of us make this mistake we are very sorry yeah and we're doing our best cool Cool. jinx (laughs) so um Dominance and submission uh, as de- is defined as a set of behaviors, customs, and rituals that are involving the submission of one person to another in a relationship and um, when well, we just touched upon this in yeah. text form, it could be seen as capital D and lowercase s. And it is considered a subset of BDSM. Mm -hmm. Uh, BDSM, which was actually uh, established, the term was established in the 90s, which I didn't know. Really?
1: I thought it was earlier.
0: Mm -mm, 90s. Strange. So it's traditionally referred to as BD, which is bondage and discipline. Mm -hmm. D and um, S for dominance and submission. And then S and M, which is sadism and masochism. And then since the 90s, this term um, has expanded into animal play body mods edge play fire play and so
1: on i wonder if that's due to people being a lot more aware of their sexualities because you see like even in vintage porn like Mm. 60s 70s 80s you see a lot of bondage style porn but i wonder if people didn't just lump it or group it under a certain title until you know people started being more aware and more comfortable different play
0: yeah and i think that this is a discussion for sort of what kink and bdsm and all of all of sort of our understanding of modern sexuality over the past 50 years let alone 100 years let alone a thousand years (laughs) um bdsm was considered sort of a mental illness Mm -hmm. so um we've we've come a long way as far as being understanding and receptive and i think it's, it's like one of those things when you give something a name, you now own it. Yeah. And I think the BDSM community has been really amazing about really owning the name and, and pro- being very protective, I think, of each other, of the community, mm-hmm. and of, of what we are all doing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I also, I wanted to point out that there is a big difference between doming and subbing in topping and bottoming really there is so the the difference is that tops and bottoms are for scene work so you could be at a play party Mm -hmm. or you can be in a dungeon and I may have met this person this person is my friend I may not know them that well I may know them within the context of the BDSM community Mm -hmm. and for a scene, for a session, this person will top me or they will bottom for me. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that scene, at the end of that session, we're no longer in that power dynamic. So topping and bottoming is for a finite finite period of time. And I think it's a little bit more applicable especially for switches or couples which are often switches tend to gravitate towards switches for that yeah. reason. Yeah. You you top and you bottom because again, that dynamic changes and and evolves.
1: So Sitting it within the course of a scene that gives structure to it, right? Yes.
0: And I think, too, it's really important to realize that when you call somebody your dom, it's a lot like calling them your partner or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your your person or however it is that you want to express that and so when you say I am bottoming to this person there's also a level of I consistently bottom for this person Mm -hmm. Um, and you'll see that on FetLife there's a Mm -hmm. whole bunch of really great ways to like demarcate like I belong to somebody I am somebody's trainer I am somebody's friend I am part of this family (laughs) and one of those things is topping and bottoming and just Mm -hmm. to say I bought him to, for example, for me, I bought him to somebody in the rope community. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wanted to tie with me, they could approach my top and say, "What's it like to tie- to tie with Brittany? Like, how is that experience? Would yeah. you be comfortable with me tying with her?" Yeah. Um, and so it it's sort of like um, I think a good example of it would be like dance partners. Yeah, your dance partner may not necessarily be your husband or wife or partner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. And there's no threat to your husband, wife, or partner by your dance partner, right? Yeah,
1: and there's, there's an established, like, protocol.
0: Yes. So, again, I think it was just really important for me to really demarcate that there is a difference between dom and, uh, a dom and a subs relationship and a top and a bottoms relationship. Because typically, doms and subs, for the most part, it's very common. A lot of people live a 24-hour lifestyle mm-hmm. in that they maintain that dynamic throughout the entire day no matter where they are
1: so it so it expands just beyond sexuality
0: yes and it expands beyond their play Mm -hmm. and i think we touched on this earlier on the outside it looks as though there's like a loss of power or that by participating as a sub and um relinquishing the control to the dominant party as a submissive Uh um that there's something being sacrificed that there's something being taken away and i think that this can't possibly be farther from the truth Um, it is my bias and I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. can agree with me and I cannot stress this enough that ultimately the submissive partner has the power to stop any activity and, um, that could be with our partner. It could be during play. It could be Mm -hmm. just during a dynamic. If there is any sort of physical, mental, or emotional boundary that is being crossed, Mm -hmm. there is a great deal of trust that is going in both directions. Yeah, And the sub is, I would say, loaning, control Mm -hmm. loaning power to their dom and saying i trust you here's the gift of of my uh autonomy yeah and i i receive joy from that and i think the dom is giving a lot of trust by being allowed to express what their desires are without being judged without being laughed at without being told no so,
1: yeah, so it's it's extremely extremely intimate. Yes. Yeah.
0: And there's a lot of trust. I, I can't trust that enough. It's not if you had to use one word to describe a DS relationship, I would not use the word control or power. I would use the word trust. Yeah. I think that would be the most accurate way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um and really all ultimately, I would say again this is my bias, that all limits are established by the submissive partner. And all of this is always going to be negotiated long before sexy time happens, long before the collars and the bondage equipment, (laughs) before the paddle. Like a great deal of BDSM people will have what's called a negotiation before any sort of play, before Mm -hmm. any sort of intimate interactions, because again, there's this level of trust. You wouldn't just like jump into a stranger's car. Or, like, go into somebody's house and you, like, don't know them. Yeah. And so, DS especially is very much like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, especially if you're you're basically giving up, like, the situation of your body control to somebody. That's That could be terrifying. It is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think that, to your point, even though you trust the person 100% and you've done it 100 times, something could always happen. Yeah. And I think that it's always important to realize that, there's a lot of work going into dominating somebody and to submit to somebody. I think yeah. being being in a dominant position, sometimes you forget that um, the dom has a lot of responsibility on their shoulders, and that could be incredibly terrifying if we're talking about fire play, wax play, bondage, any sort mm-hmm. of suspension play, like anything that's going to.
1: That could cause actual physical harm.
0: Anything that could cause physical harm and emotional or mental harm. Humiliation play, for example. Calling somebody a name, maybe you use a name that really upsets that person. Yeah,
1: or triggers them. And
0: triggers them. So the dom needs to have the trust that the sub will say, here are my limits um, and I'm going to do my best to communicate to you what my needs are. Mm -hmm. And then vice versa. I think sometimes we forget that, You don't just like lay on the floor and then take a whapping and then then that's (laughs) it. You know, as a sub, you, you have to relinquish a lot of control. I think for some people that is within itself very challenging. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of hard work that goes into it. Again, this ability to communicate, even when you're freaking out, even if you're in a lot of pain to do it in a way that is going to be timely and clear for your dom to know, oh, Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's what now I'm going to do to address this issue. Yeah. And really, again, I'm I I swear I'm going to say this a bazillion times this episode. <laughs> like any relationship, regardless of whether it's vanilla or not, every DS partner relies on communication, trust, and respect. Um, I mentioned a little bit like boundaries and limit setting, mm-hmm. and um, usually those are described uh described as soft and hard limits. And I'm sure yeah. you've heard that term before. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason why we have soft and hard limits is because it's very important to the negotiation of play because you are in a a super vulnerable spot Mm -hmm. and it's very helpful for whoever is either topping or doming to sort of have a map of what is and is not okay. And it also allows to maintain the trust and for both parties to enjoy and relax themselves Mm -hmm. during a scene or during an interaction. Yeah. Soft limits are something that some something that a person has concerns about. And I think it's important to caveat, DOMS and TOPS can also have hard and soft limits. So uh-huh. um, say you and I were negotiating a scene uh-huh. and I said, you know, I'm really into blood play. Like I don't have any limits around blood play. And you said, actually, I have a soft limit about blood play. I yeah. haven't done it before. I'm curious about it. But I have a lot of concerns and if we did soft, if, if we did blood play, the these are the circumstances around it, which yeah. would make me comfortable to experiment with you. So likewise, um, there are hard limits and um, oh, sorry, before I continue on to hard limits. Um, so things that include in um, soft limits are not limited to um, like sexual acts or mm-hmm. BDSM stuff. It could just simply be I have a really bad back. So don't flog me in my back. Or um, I've got a really bad knee, so I can't do a lot of kneeling. If you want to do this to me, then I would require this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's basically you can do this if and.
1: If and. So you have another subset of requirements. Yeah.
0: It's just I would like to do this, but there's very certain circumstances in which it's okay to do Mm -hmm. it. Um, Hard limits are basically it's a no-fly zone. I don't want to do it, I'm not interested in doing it, I can't do it, and that's that. Yeah. Um, if you cross a hard limit, it is pretty much, that's it, we've ended play, we've ended the session, yeah. and or it could also end that relationship.
1: Yeah.
0: So an sure. example would be, a hard limit could be no anal play, no anal touch, no mm-hmm. anal anything. Another example would be, sort of from a vanilla perspective, is a lot of people have hard limits around monogamy. Yeah. If you cheat on me, and then there's certain, like, it's okay to kiss another person or dance Mm -hmm. with another person, but if you
1: make out
0: or have oral oral sex or or you have. penile, vaginal sex, or anal sex, or any sort of, you know, sword sword fighting, whatever it is, that is a hard limit. So it's also, you know, soft limits and hard limits exist outside of BDSM. Yeah, for sure. I just think, again, because of the nature of the DS dynamic, people tend to be very finite and very um, granular about what those limits are.
1: Everybody's completely different. Every relationship is different. So those hard and soft limits might be different depending on each person yeah or some people might have the same soft limits for everybody
0: absolutely yeah. and it could be also a hour to hour day by day yeah thing if somebody's on their period they may not want to engage in certain things mm-hmm. because their electrolytes are low or you mm-hmm. know you and i work out so if yeah. if i'm going to be doing a scene and this has happened before where i go in and i'm, I'm about to get tied and i'm like my DOMS, like uh, delayed onset muscular soreness, mm-hmm. are killing me. I cannot do this, <laughs> that, or the other. Or, you know, I am right-handed, so I don't want to risk my right hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but on other things that we're tying, it's not a big deal. So absolutely, yeah. it really is circumstantial. And the more granular you get, the more knowledge you have, the more trust, safety, and communication you mm-hmm. have. Totally. Another note on limits, and um, just power exchanges in general, some DS relationships do have no limits, and this is a really controversial subject in the BDSM mm-hmm. community because it calls into question whether that's safe, sane, and consensual. Again, on a legal level, yeah, you, on a legal level, you can't give consent to having somebody wallop you for four hours <laughs> or making you drink out of like a water bowl for like a month. Yeah. Right? Or um, you could legally sign off your rights and say somebody has power of attorney. Mm-hmm. So it, it, that starts to get really murky. So I thought it was it's, important to also just mention that. Yeah. So with all of that, you also have safe words mm-hmm. and also other forms of communication during play. And I would imagine um, if you are living a 24-hour DS lifestyle, I can see a safe word being used out sort of in the vanilla world. Mm -hmm. Like say some, say your dom is doing something that makes you feel really uncomfortable. Maybe you would use a safe word to say we're in front of our friends. Yeah. You and I know.
1: Yeah. And
0: uh, please don't do that. And we can talk about this later.
1: Yeah. Or I'm sure uh, vanilla words include something where you can kind of, enclose it or bracket it so you have safe word that's basically like okay our play is off limits right now yeah but then you have another word saying game
0: on yeah absolutely and and like you always stress everybody's different everyone's Mm -hmm. dynamic is different this is just sort of an overview of the key elements of ds relationships and then however you want to use it yeah in your own relationship that's perfect yeah So um, safe words, for those that may not know a lot about them, it's usually a code word or even a signal to communicate the sort of the state of a person who's in a scene, who's approaching what, um, approaching or have had their physical, emotional, or mental boundaries or moral boundaries crossed. Mm -hmm. Again, I think that it's very common that the bottom or the sub is going to be the one that's going to be using that safe word. Yeah. And... Doms and tops have their limits, too. So there's always an opportunity and always a chance that your dom is going to say, you know what, like, we've had enough. Yeah. More often than not, I would imagine the safe word is for the most part for the submissive partner. Yeah. Um, It's often used to stop the scene or the interaction in its tracks. It's agreed long before any play or any sexy times. It's always done during negotiations. Mm -hmm. And safe words are generally a word that won't be used during play. Such as (laughs) uncle or banana or...
1: Pac-Man. (laughs) Pac-Man.
0: Love it. And um, a good safe word, in my opinion, is going to be easy to say. So maybe a single word, monosyllabic. Mm -hmm. Um, It might be something that you could say through a gag. Things like that you need to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. And it takes into account whatever play activities you'll be engaged in. So banana (laughs) will not be appropriate if you're using phallic (laughs) groceries during play. (laughs) Um, but it would be just fine if you're doing a rope scene. Yeah. Likewise, if you are using gags, um, any sort of restriction to air, like airplay, um, breath play. It's really important to also have a signal such as a tap out to say, hey, I need your attention or I need you to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and when a when a safe word or signal is used, it's important to stop what is happening, whatever it is. And to focus on the sub or bottom, and it could mean it could mean a whole variety of things. It could mean, hey, I really need you to take a look at this thing. It's causing me discomfort. Mm-hmm. It could mean, I need a break. This is I I've been spanked for fifteen minutes straight, and mm-hmm. I, I don't I cannot do anymore. Yeah. It could also mean I'm freaking out. It could so mean like a panic attack. It could be something. a panic yeah. attack. It really is just meant to be stop. I'm done.
1: So what it benefits some partners or some you know group of partners to have maybe different levels of keywords yeah
0: yeah so actually there that is um very commonly used in dungeons so it's a color system Mm -hmm. and the way that the color system works is that you can check in on your bottom or your sub in a way that is a little bit more information that you're going to get out of them rather than just are you okay how are you feeling Right? Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of different ways to check in with somebody. Um, A good example in the rope community, um, one of my mentors will touch a part of their bottom's Mm -hmm. body and tap it and say, How does this feel? So, for example, it could be, I'm calling attention to this part of your body. How does that feel for you? Yeah. Do you need me to adjust anything? or just how are you enjoying this play how how is this experience going for mm-hmm. you and the way that you could respond is green i'm fine everything's great
1: please continue please continue <laughs>
0: um there's yellow which is i'm bored or this isn't very interesting for me orange is i'm approaching discomfort mm-hmm. or i need you to slow down so an example would be you're up in the air and you're in a suspension, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, orange. You know, my hip is starting to feel weird, pretty weird, and I think I have, like, a couple more minutes left in this. Can we transition? And then red, pretty universally, is we're stopping play. That's it. And, again, Mm -hmm. this is commonly used in the dungeon environment. So, of course, you could have sort of a tiered system. Mm -hmm. I think as somebody who's been in bottom space and subspace, I become very nonverbal, mm-hmm. so for me it's very crucial to have something monosyllabic, very simple. It's gonna come to me intuitively, mm-hmm. so I would keep it simple and have maybe if you want to start if you want to try safe words in general, pick one, mm-hmm. and then once you've started, it's second nature. Then I would maybe do another, mm-hmm. and then do a third. But you want to keep it pretty simple, pretty simple, yeah. yeah. And the way to respond when somebody has used their safe word is. To describe it in a word, I would say mindful. Um, this isn't a moment to panic mm-hmm. because they are probably panicking.
1: Yeah.
0: Um And be mindful, be sensitive, be compassionate. If they need to stop the scene, that's okay. Yeah. That person, the person that is the sub or the bottom, they ultimately have the control to stop the scene. It's mm-hmm. non-negotiable.
1: So if... A sub approaches, let's say, they go red. Mm -hmm. It's the dom's responsibility to reassure the sub. Yeah. You know, as they're, you know, completely stopping the scene or dislodging everything.
0: Yeah. So, for example, um, I think, again, going through negotiations, uh, if you're with somebody that has been doing a certain type of play for an extended period of time, they're going to have a system in which they get into that play and out of the play. Mm -hmm. They're going to have a whole system of... What do you do in emergencies? They should, we call a bottoming box. You mm-hmm. can also have um, just like a safety box that's like band-aids, stuff for rope burn, ice packs. Like yeah. anything could happen when you're in a scene. Uh-huh. I think especially the rope community is very sensitive about those sorts of injuries. And so we tend to have very complex boxes as a <laughs> result of it. But I think you're going into it with, again, this idea of this, I'm aware of what the risks are here. I'm aware that if I put you over my knee and spank you, you might cry. Mm-hmm. You might have an emotional breakdown because you had a really shitty week and this is your way of moving through it.
1: Yeah. And or there could be something you experienced earlier in your in your life that suddenly got triggered.
0: Absolutely. That you
1: may not know about.
0: Yeah. And so I think that should also be a part of negotiations. What is your safe word? What is the protocol that you have found that helps you when you call a safe word? How would you like for me to react? Yeah. And I think it's also very important, you have that moment and that time to debrief, not at that moment, focus Mm -hmm. on the person, focus on getting them to equilibrium. But once you've all calmed down, maybe take a moment and notate to yourself this happened, this happened, this happened, I noticed that this happened, oh, maybe I could have done this better, set it aside, and then reconnect with that person either that day or the next day, mm-hmm. when enough time has passed, and yeah. but still very timely, and say, hey, you called a safe word the other day, tell me about that, what was that experience like yeah. for you, was that something that um, gives you any pause or any concern? Do you think mm-hmm. that this was something that you never want to do again? Do we have any new limits that have come out of that? And so on and so forth.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's a big debriefing session. Yes, basically.
0: super crucial. Yeah. And with, with all of that, you say you've either ended your scene or you've said your safe word. I think the biggest misconception about DS and BDSM as a whole mm-hmm. is the aftercare is crucial. And we don't see it in media, we don't see it in porn, we don't see it in any of the movies, like Fifty Shades of Grey. And so we think that it's all spanking, spitting, flogging, rough stuff. And then
1: just, like, have fun at work the next day. Yeah, we all yeah. just go
0: home. And it's it's really fun and sexy to think about that. But the reality of it is, is that both the top and the bottom, or the dom and the sub have had an experience, and that experience is going to affect them physically, mentally, emotionally. So it's really important to have aftercare in whatever way that you've negotiated so that both parties can decompress and reach equilibrium. So an example would be a lot of people get subspacey, and Mm -hmm. that for me, in my experience, you feel drunk, you may not be able to walk, you probably can't talk, you're uh-huh. lightheaded, you might need water, you might need cuddles, you might need a pat on the head, you might need some soothing music. <laughs> Everybody's different. If, yeah. if you have been in a very difficult bondage position, your muscles are going to be sore. So a nice yeah. light rub or a bath after you're in play or whatever yeah. it is that... knocks your socks off yeah that resets you yeah you need a reset to being human again so um and
1: i assume for first timers as a sub that aftercare is going to be absolutely crucial
0: yeah and if you're new to this experience you you might not know what you need yeah so i think it's really important to recollect sort of how have you been comforted and soothed as a child i find for mm-hmm. me personally that tends to fall in line with what i need in aftercare mm-hmm. so i like being patted on the head Aww. i like <laughs> drinking water um i know having done enough rope play now and an impact play my body temperature rises mm-hmm. so even if it's a hot day and it's 100 degrees outside i will still bring a sweater and leggings and be ready for that sub drop that will also happen with subspace. You get mm-hmm. this huge endorphin rush in your body's probably freaking out to yeah. what's happening to yeah. it. Likewise with your DOM, your DOM might get a huge high. There is such a thing as a DOM space. Mm-hmm. So give yourself the freedom and the flexibility to be receptive to that and say, oh, that's interesting, my blood temperature, my blood temperature, my, my blood pressure <laughs> raised. Blood pressure. For me, as a person that's in, you know, in the healthiest time of my life, my blood pressure rising or my heart rate rising may not be an issue. Yeah. It might be an issue for someone else. So just keeping in mind yeah. what you need after aftercare, super crucial. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think it's just a really forgotten about aspect of the BDSM community. It's fundamental if you want a happy, healthy sub, a happy, healthy dom. And sometimes... If, for whatever reason, you cannot do aftercare, say you are in a dungeon, you are at a party, maybe you don't have the space, maybe time is limited.
1: You might have other prior engagements. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So you need to have that discussion again beforehand and say, Mm -hmm. I may not be able to give you aftercare right away. Yeah. Can we have a discussion about this now? Can we have a third party, somebody that both of us know, both of us trust? to give you cuddles, to give you your, your binky, like whatever it is that you need to come down of aftercare or we are on a time crunch. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to get you settled. We're going to get your clothes back on. We're getting the get, we're going to get into the car. Maybe we'll get into the Mm backseat and then we'll have aftercare, but you have to be sure that both parties are aware this is going to happen at this time. If you cannot do it immediately or if it's not between the two of you. Yeah. Um, And so, I think with sort of that misconception, I thought it'd be interesting to just go over what a lot of the misconceptions and falsehoods are around. Yeah. DNS. and, And the other thing is, there are a whole lot of fakes out there. Yeah. <laughs> so I call I call this part of, of this episode misconceptions and fakes. Because it's
1: like when you go to like some random person down the street mm-hmm. and you talk about Dom's and Subs, they're like, oh, they got this lady on a leash. Yeah. Like 24-7 and wearing all black and spikes.
0: Which is totally a thing. It
1: could be a thing.
0: And that is not a reality for a majority of the people that do DS. Yeah. Um, and I think really besides sort of this dominatrix catwoman all leather with, you know, this chubby man on his, on all fours, people think that DS is abusive. Yeah. And it cannot possibly be farther from the truth. If you have a happy, healthy DS relationship, which in my bias, because we are in the BDSM space, people tend to be very protective and very mm-hmm. cautious. It couldn't be farther for the truth. And there's so much work that goes into DS or even bottoming and topping. Um, And it requires such a level of trust, compassion, communication, and patience. That I personally have not had in most of my vanilla relationships. Wow. I, I would say the most compassionate, loving, patient partners that I've had have been doms. Or mm-hmm. have practiced doming other people. They have some sort of experience in it. And I think... Really, really great doms, this is purely my bias, <laughs> have done some level of subbing or bottoming. They've experimented. They've gone to classes so that they have an idea. Oh, I see. It's kind of like you so can they, dish it out. So yeah. You got to be able to take at least a little bit of it. Yeah.
1: So they can could, they could see from the sub's point of view.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, I think the second, well, actually, now this is the third <laughs> misconception is that all doms are male and that this is a gender exclusive
1: thing. Oh. Yeah, definitely not.
0: It's not true at all. Not at all. Um, I think due to societal norms and testosterone being what it is, there are a lot of male doms, but that doesn't mean that every male is a dom and every female is a sub or the more feminine of a pairing is more submissive or the more masculine pairing is more um, domineering. And it's just, it's not binary. And furthermore, there's switches like yeah. just the fact that there's switches like tells you that you could have male domination and male submission female domination and female submission and then we and us as well yeah. you know for for people that may not may not find themselves to be binary sexually or mm-hmm. in identify and in, in an identify self-identification sort of way um there's no hard and fast oh because you're a boy then that means that you yeah. like
1: they like hitting people hitting people or hitting like you know feminine women yeah yeah and especially you know in, in that kind of setting it's not always you know like a humiliation or like physical again a physical type of relationship yeah it could have it could be you know very caring or loving and that goes into their play
0: yeah there's just like there's many different types of people. There's many different types of subs and doms. Yeah. And you're going to have... Just from that alone, you're going to have different dynamics within those relationships.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Um, a fourth misconception is that p- kinky people are easy. No. And just, because somebody's, <laughs> and just because somebody's a sub that you can push them around... Or if you're at a club or if you're at a party or if you're at a dungeon or a munch... Because that person is a sub... You can tell them what to do. You can touch them in inappropriate ways. They're still their own person. Yeah. And likewise, just because you're a sub and maybe you don't have a master or a dom or a top, just because there's kind of a loose leaf dom out there, it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that they're going to take any single sub that comes up to them. No.
1: There has to be that level of consent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. From both parties. I think um, people who are looking for a dom are going to have a very, very good idea of what they're looking for, and they're going to have a really informed opinion of what their needs and limits are. Mm-hmm. Because, again, of the nature of the play. Yeah. And I think that, as a result, DOMs and subs and the whole BDSM community is actually going to be way less tolerant of a fake, <laughs> or especially of somebody that claims to know what they're doing. And they're Mm -hmm. not going to just sleep with somebody immediately or send nudes or selfies Mm -hmm. because a lot of DS people are actually not desperate to fuck a newbie or get into a scene with a newbie because there's so many unknowns. And that person, even if they're knowingly, willingly and openly saying, I'm a newbie. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, there's some risk to that. If they don't know what they're doing, that also means that they don't know their limits limits. And they therefore probably don't know how to see the limits of other people. Yeah. Um, So I think there again this misconception that oh just because you're a sub you're easy just because you're a dom like you must be desperate to find somebody People don't realize a lot of times Especially if you're very very involved if you want a 24-7 relationship and that person is involved in the BDSM community Mm -hmm. They're gonna ask for references. They're gonna ask for contacts Especially for doms because again, it's a question of safety. Yeah, so um, for example on FetLife, Life a lot of people will state who they bottom with, who they top with, who their friends are so that if somebody wants to bottom or top with you, they can reach out to those people and yeah. say, I'm interested in dating this person, yeah. seeing this person, tying with this person, peeing on this person, like whatever it is.
1: <laughs> so it's like a, like a giant vote of confidence for this person. Like, Hey, this, this person has been vetted. Yes. You can trust that person.
0: Yeah. And I think it's no different from a vanilla relationship, yeah, right? True. Like, You wouldn't just date some random person. You would want to know, like, so what's your story? Where do you work? Who are your friends? Mm -hmm. Like,
1: What do you do in your spare time? I
0: want to go on a couple of dates with you before I make out with you. Like, are you really who you claim to be? Um, So DS is absolutely no different. Yeah, I think even though there's a lot of people that are out there looking for a master or looking for a slave or looking for a daddy or a caregiver or whatever, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of concern around the fakery and, and sort of that, like, quick fuck, like misconception. Yeah, And, um, I think if you just like go on YouTube and type in like fake doms, fake subs, <laughs> this will come up a lot. And, um, I think just like there are a lot of fake doms that are going to be like, call me daddy, call me master or whatever. Yeah. There's also going to be a lot of fake subs. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm under the impression that this is, this could be happening because they, they think that kinky people are easy. And so they try to be a fake dom. and
1: kind of like take advantage of the scene.
0: Yeah, and they're like, oh, I'm so perfect, I'm amazing. But then they kind of get called out for it. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, what are your references? What are your experiences? Like, who's going to vet you? So then they're like, well, maybe I could be a fake slave and I could like suck on this girl's toes or whatever the (laughs) case may be. And they come to realize very quickly, like, actually subbing is very, very, very hard work. <laughs> yeah. And you're not just going to get a hand job and then get pat on the butt and then, like, sit like, away. <laughs> enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it takes a lot of trust in both directions. And um, it's just really not this quick and easy solution to get your kink on. And if that's what you yeah. want, go to a dungeon. There are yeah. plenty of different types of doms and switches and bottoms that are willing to do an hour session or two mm-hmm. hour session with you at yeah. a very reasonable price. These people are very experienced. It's mm-hmm. in a safe setting. They're very discreet. And it's really, even if you just oh. want to go to a dungeon, just to check it out. Like, you it's really it fun. Yeah.
1: yeah. And like for a lot of people, it's like you sometimes don't even know what you're into mm-hmm. and maybe you'll experience and you'll be like, oh wow, I really like watching Whatever. people. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think again, just because somebody's trying to get into BDSM, they're trying to get into the DOM and and sub-element of it, mm-hmm. um, and that's interesting to them, I think that they should, whoever it is, for anyone that's listening, be aware and, and be protective of yourself and know that there's, like, lots of people that are fake um, and they're going to do stuff, like, they're going to send you lots of um, messages, mm-hmm. they're going to bombard you with requests, like <laughs> selfies and nudes and, like say somebody's like, okay, like they're pretty cool. Yeah. And then you go and you hang out and then you get coffee. And they're like, well, why don't you come over to my place and make it play for a little bit? And it's like, well, I just met you. Yeah. So anybody that ever does not take no, the first no, or even the first hesitation as sort of, mm, I, you know, I don't think so. That's, and they continue to pressure you. That's a
1: giant red flag.
0: Regardless of whether it's vanilla or not, that is a huge red flag. Mm-hmm. Anybody that pressures you to have sex That's not respectful of limits, negotiations, or they're just not respectful of your emotional, mental, and and morale needs. That's a huge red flag, and that is grounds for stopping a scene, stopping an interaction with that person you don't have to explain yourself. Yeah. If you feel uncomfortable or unsafe, stop, walk away.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: So now that I've talked shit on newbies, (laughs) I have something to say to newbies. Yay. It's okay to be a newbie. Every single person that you see in the BDSM scene, the people that travel around the world, that do talks, that, like, um, <sighs> Kinoko-san, he does he does rope, mm-hmm. and he'll, you know, travel around the world and, and do exhibitions. Kinoko-san probably has never tied a rope or a knot before when he was much, much younger yeah. and less experienced. Yeah, and
1: just started into it.
0: Yeah, and so I think, even though I'm sitting here saying, like, blah, blah, you're a newbie, like, you're a fake, like... No, that's absolutely not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, it's okay to be new, and I think that it's okay to be open and honest about it. Mm -hmm. And all that it takes, really, is you do your research, you make a list of what interests you, and just bring as much knowledge to the conversation as you can. Um, Maybe test some of the stuff that you've seen on porn on yourself, Mm -hmm. or um, attend local events, munches, parties, and classes. FetLife is amazing for that. If you live in an area like... um, Maybe you don't live in a big city like Chicago or LA or New York where FetLife has a whole lot of event listings. um, Maybe go to a big con Mm -hmm. that is going to be near you. Read books. Join the forums. Like There's a huge internet community that is available to you. And you just have to try... To expend your knowledge base. Yeah.
1: And what's also important, just just be yourself. Yes. Don't try to mold yourself to try to fit in. Mm -hmm. Just be honest about what you like Mm -hmm. and just come in with an open mind.
0: Totally. Yeah. I think if you, you should just trust your gut. Yeah. Right? Because your sexuality is so linked to your limbic system. A lot of that really isn't. It's carnal. It's not really a conscious or subconscious thing. You're going to react... What was the first type of? Um, what was the first step in the orgasm cycle?
1: It was arousal. Arousal. Yeah, yeah.
0: And you're gonna know whether you're aroused by something or not aroused yeah, by something. Yeah, because you get that
1: feeling in your gut.
0: <laughs> or revolted by something. Yeah. And so, like for me, for example, I have no interest in blood play. I love seeing it. I love seeing mm-hmm. people do it. I think it's super badass. Not for me. Yeah. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I have no problems with other people doing it. Yeah. But it's a hard limit for me.
1: Yeah, likewise, same for me. Like, for people that do it, like, more power to them. That's that's awesome that they do it. Mm-hmm. But, like, the sight of anything intravenous yeah. will fucking set me off and I will be, like, on the verge <laughs> of fainting. I barely pass blood tests. Yeah,
0: and so yeah. I think, I think again, that would be something a part of negotiations. of like, well, how do you feel about that? Yeah. Oh, I feel very strongly about it. It's like, yeah. okay, well, that is information. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Or, or likewise, if there's something that turns you on... Yeah. You know, for the moment, you're like, I really like this. Yeah. yeah. And so
0: it's like, like for example, if you're really into um, spandex, yeah, you're really into tights and leotards, yeah. I would then say, well, what about PVC? What about latex? Yeah. What about things that are analogous to that? Would that be something that you'd be curious about yeah. or interested in? Can we take this interest that you have, branch out from it? Maybe you'll find something super interesting or yeah. maybe you'll say, yeah, I think it looks really pretty.
1: But, but it, I don't like it, it. doesn't get me turned on. Yeah. Yeah. Or likewise, you find something you're like, wow, that's actually pretty hot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Likewise, I love being tied up in rope. Mm-hmm. I, I'm too, I'm not doing well with having my wrist tied in a way that is painful for my wrists. Mm-hmm. It will freak me out. It'll affect my tolerance. So even mm-hmm. within something that you're super into and and like passionate about, you're going to find things that you're like, ooh, I don't like that. And that's okay. That's totally fine, yeah. Yeah. I think on the other side of the spectrum from being a newbie is the subject of Mm collaring. So I think BDSM as a whole, if there was a symbol for BDSM, it'd be like collars, whips, right? Spikes. Spikes. (laughs) So with collars, like any relationship, people in DS like to express their commitment or status. And a lot of them do it through what's called collaring. Um, it's precisely what it sounds like. It's a collar. Mm-hmm. But a collar isn't limited to sort of that familiar, stereotypical leather choker, PVC, yeah. O-ring. Um, it could be a choker, a necklace, an ankle chain, or a bracelet. And a collar is basically a way for the sub to also get into subspace, little space, pet space. Um, I think for pet space especially, mm-hmm. pets, collars, Yeah, it's a huge part of their play. So you can also collar yourself if you really Mm -hmm. like to have a collar on well then you've collared yourself and that's okay and then there's also sort of rules around um somebody that goes to a party and likes to do scenes with people so Mm -hmm. they like to top or they like to bottom and i've had this happen where i brought my own collar Mm -hmm. i would like to play with other people but i would prefer my own collar yeah that's okay too and what you're doing in that situation again this is now topping and bottoming you put the collar on and usually people that are topping will say something to the extent of i am putting this collar on you you belong to me during the period of this scene yeah so it's it's a huge symbolic thing it's a control thing it's and it's
1: also consent it's basically like you're giving me permission to put this on you absolutely yeah this symbol
0: yeah and i think really what you can look at it as a uh, collaring is very similar to a promise ring or a wedding band. Mm-hmm. And it's very common that DS relationships will, instead of doing sort of your traditional marriage with mm-hmm. an exchange of rings, they'll do a collaring ceremony. Oh. That is common. it's mm-hmm. um, so actually kind of sweet. It's super <laughs> sweet. Yeah, and again it is, there's no right or wrong. There's no like book that you could read. Mm-hmm. This is just All of this information is sort of knowledge that I myself know, stuff that I've Mm -hmm. practiced, stuff that I've witnessed, and just what I have come to understand from what other people have said Mm -hmm. and have put out there. Um, So, collaring is not to be taken lightly. Mm -hmm. If somebody wants to collar you, if you want to collar someone, understand that that could mean a great deal. Yeah. And just like anything else, this is a point of negotiation. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, Um, I also wanted to go over sort of types of DS and this is hearkening back to what we were saying earlier yeah. about just because you're a guy doesn't mean that you like dominating women. Yeah. Um, similarly, there are different types of DS relationships. Um, some people have a DS 24-7 lifestyle mm-hmm. and you do also have bedroom DS and you might see that That stereotypical, like... Kind of like
1: (laughs) like businesswoman, like, out in New York, and then, like, she'll just be a sub in the bedroom and only in the bedroom.
0: Right. Or, you know, the stereotypical lawyer. Yeah. And then he likes to be paddled by...
1: A dominatrix. A dominatrix. Like,
0: that's great, that's fine, that's perfect. That is what that person needs in their lifestyle and what they need. Yeah. And then there's people that live the DS lifestyle... 24-7 and in public maybe they call their dom a specific word Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and and I I think there's like very specific terms for the different types of doms and the different types of subs Mm -hmm. and I'm sure there's variations these are just like very high level eagle's eye view of it so for the most part you have masters and mistresses Mm -hmm. daddies mommies caregivers and owners for Uh doms And they are all very different, I think. Just like there are many different types of doms, there's lots of different types of slaves Mm -hmm. or subs. So you have a slave, a pet, a little, a maid, a brat. A brat is somebody that is submissive. Sometimes they want their submission forced upon them because that is part of their play. Uh Uh-huh. Little's age regressors, they uh-huh. tend to push back, and that is part mm-hmm. of their play. Yeah, like no, I don't want to do it. That's because that is that is their expression of submission. Is like no, I don't want to do like it.
1: Kind of, kind of fighting your way to yeah. become submissive.
0: But you're not saying no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to submit to you. It's it's just like being playful.
1: Yeah, it's like come get it. Yeah, yeah.
0: And um, a lot of what people people who refer to themselves as master or mistress. Will not tolerate rats <laughs> and littles because they want yes Full, ma'am, no ma'am. They they very
1: strict guidelines.
0: They just don't enjoy it. Yeah. They don't enjoy pushback. They want you to follow orders directly. Mm-hmm. Um, likewise you have sort of the the daddies, the mommies, caregivers, owners, and they are more of the subset of um Almost like a parental role. Mm-hmm. Um, and their form of BDSM might be less heavy handed. Uh-huh. They might do less flogging, edge play. Um, they still participate in impact play. Impact play is really huge in DDLG, for example. Really? Yeah. Um, but there is a whole different level of the power exchange, the dominance and submission is, is simply different. Um, yeah. I I don't know if I mentioned in a previous episode a friend of mine mm-hmm. has a twenty four seven setup with somebody, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel so bad because they were talking to me about them today, and I was like, oh, "Are you talking about Pooper Scooper?" <laughs> what? I don't know this person's name. <laughs> All I know is that their their sub, the person that submits to them. Uh-huh. My friend makes them clean the cat litter box with their hands. And that is a form of humiliation Uh and and submission and dominance that works for them, that makes them very happy, that is great for their lifestyle.
1: It also cleans the litter box. It also
0: cleans (laughs) very efficient form and function. And that might be outside of the boundaries of what would be appropriate, say, for example... A, a mommy and a little boy.
1: Yeah.
0: Or um, maybe it would be appropriate for, you know, dogs eat cat poop. Yeah. So maybe it would be appropriate if you are a pet owner with a doggy or a puppy and then you make the puppy get something out of the litter box. But again, yeah. like, that is dependent on their play. That is dependent yeah. on their lifestyle.
1: And their level of consent. Yes. Yeah.
0: And with that, and I think age play and all of that is its own sort of... Thing Yeah. But I, I just really wanted to stress there are different types of submission. There are different types of, of domination mm-hmm. and, and how you express those things. And just because somebody is really into sort of the mothering, mommying mm-hmm. type of doming, that doesn't make them any less of a dom. Yeah. And just because a man really enjoys being a sissy maid, that doesn't make him a slave. It's yeah. different. Yeah. There's various... I really hate to use the word shade because <laughs> the 50 shades are but there are various shades. There are various, there's various hues. Various hues. Um. Or colors of, of submission. Yeah. Oh, and then lastly, there is something that's called topping from the bottom and there's, have you ever heard of this term? I've never heard of this. Okay, so topping from the bottom, <laughs> my understanding of the term is somebody that, and often it's men that um but not necessarily Mm because i sometimes do this and then i feel really really awful and i like freak out Uh um it's somebody that is a submissive and says like oh i'm a submissive but they boss you around they boss the dom around like i well don't you want to do this to me well don't you want to do that to me and it's like well technically the dom doesn't have the autonomy to dom you it's
1: like sort of like the the bdsm equivalent of like a backseat driver
0: yes beautiful (laughs) absolutely and and i think So I've done this in that as a bottom to my rope top, I will question what they're doing.
1: Uh
0: But that is very different from, hey, I noticed you did this thing. I have safety concerns about it. Can you tell me a little bit more Mm -hmm. and basically ease my mind? Yeah. Rather than, well, why are you doing it this way? You should do it that way. Yeah. Huge difference. Um, so before we ended this episode, there were two things I wanted to go over. One was this really great book, and I've mentioned it to you before I think you finished it. It's called so. Tell Me what You Want Yes by Justin Lemler mm-hmm. lamueller i'm
1: Lemeler. really sorry
0: that i'm I'm saying your name right if you ever listen to this podcast <laughs> it's a book about um a survey that was given to four thousand one hundred and seventy five Americans between the ages of eighteen and sixty. Now, before before I, I say anything else, that is a very small sample size, but it is a large sample size in terms of publicated information. Mm-hmm. So it's very exciting to have access to a book like this. Yeah. And so what he does is he goes over some of the findings that his research has done. And in Tell Me What You Want, he does sort of a top seven fantasies. Mm-hmm. And the top fantasy was multi partner orgies, threesomes. Mm-hmm. The second one, the second most popular, most common one was power control and rough sex, or sure. BDSM. BDSM and dominance and submission in some form. And so, and and that most people have had some form of BDSM fantasy. So I mm-hmm. think. It's really important that we realize, and it's also kind of a fun experiment that almost everyone has thought about it, yeah. or has gotten like kind of like, ooh, like that's it's kind like, of fun. That's a
1: bit of a turn on. Yeah, yeah. So the next
0: time you go to Starbucks, like look at all the people in the room. Yeah. Most of them have wanted to do some sort of DS yeah. or BDSM stuff.
1: I think it's just recent that people are figuring out like BDSM is like pretty fucking common. Yes. Or at least the fantasies of it. Um, but a lot of the studies, they're they're still in their early stages. I forgot. Oh, I wish I could cite the source. I might link it later on when I post the uh, post this episode. But the the percentage difference it was between two and sixty two percent of people between two and sixty two percent. the y- margin of error is sixty percent in the survey because a lot of people don't even know how prevalent BDSM or BDSM related fantasies are
0: right
1: so it's it's really interesting and you know as you said the the term was just coined in the 90s yeah so we're, we're finally becoming more aware of the psychology behind it and just how common it is in society mm-hmm. so it's going to be really interesting in a couple of years to see how how it pans out and how it tracks across different studies
0: yeah i i just got a really great um metaphor for sort of what the relinquishing of control is Mm-hmm analogous to it's similar to when you send your kids to school you are relinquishing control you're not there you're not monitoring your children Mm -hmm. you are trusting that the school is going to take care of protect nurture feed and discipline
1: discipline enlighten
0: enlighten your children so Mm -hmm. and they have their best interests at heart yeah and i think ds is very similar your Mm -hmm. dom wants you to be happy healthy brilliant they want you to get that six-figure job they want you to be self-sufficient maybe they don't want you to work 24 7 because they want you to work on this novel you've been writing yeah. and they take care of the bills and they're like don't worry about it i'm your dom i'm going to take care of all of the other responsibilities all yeah. you have to be is my beautiful little bimbo yeah and that is the <laughs> arrangement and the agreement yeah. that you have between one another yeah. and you as a submissive or say i trust that you have my best interests at heart mm-hmm. beyond just you're putting our, our sexual organs against each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of trust and a lot of, like, you're an amazing person. Like, mm-hmm. the reason why I'm doing this is because I want you to, you know, be happy. Yeah. Uh, even if it's for, like, 45 minutes or, or an hour in the span of your life. Like, they, they trust them because they, you know, really care about that person. Yeah,
0: and they push you. Yeah. I don't think... There is a dom out there that wouldn't say, I, I just want my sub to be happy. I want them to be a better person today than they were yesterday. And that they know that they could lean on me. They know that if they ever had a problem with something, I'm gonna be there to protect them. I'm gonna be there to love them. I'm gonna be there to enable them to be brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so, yeah. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to cover is the bdsmtest.org. So good. (laughs) (laughs) So for those that are not aware, there is a really great free online test that I would say is pretty exhaustive. It covers a lot of the big bases, and it's bdsmtest.org. And there's, like, a short-form list and a lo- or short-form questionnaire and a long-form questionnaire.
1: Yeah, and honestly, the difference between the two is about four minutes. It's not even that long between the two.
0: Yeah, so if, if this is interesting to you, if you're new to BDSM, I think it's... And the way that they phrase a lot of the questions is very... I, I'd hate to keep saying vanilla-friendly but or, like, civilian-friendly, but it's, yeah. it's great for somebody that maybe doesn't know a lot of the keywords of BDSM. Yeah. So, we both took the test. We both have our results. Uh, Drum roll. Drum roll. Who's going to go first? Uh, You go first. Okay. So, I'm going to do maybe my top ten. Okay. And then my bottom five. Okay. Okay. So, my top ten, I got 100% for Brat, Masochist, Rope Bunny, and Boy or Girl.
1: Interesting. So, uh,
0: brat is as we mentioned before. It's a submission that pushes back. That's mm-hmm. a little bratty. I I want someone to kind of beat my submission into me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ultimately still want to submit. Mm-hmm. Masochist. Pretty self-explanatory. I like pain. I like good pain. Yeah. And that's that's <laughs> a term I think we can cover in another episode. But uh-huh. I like I like good pain. I'm a rope bunny. I I bottom. Um, to somebody right now in in the rope community. I am a boy slash girl. And um, I I think it's interesting that they've split these up, but I think it makes sense. I tend to be more almost like childlike Uh in my play. I don't think of myself as like sexy, sexy, grown woman, like (laughs) voluptuous, like Jessica Rabbit. Like I'm I'm more like Sailor Moon than Jessica Rabbit, I would say. (laughs) Um, My next, let's see, how far down does this go? Okay, I think... I think it's there. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm counting. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, next would be age player.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Age play is different from boy or girl in that um, I do consider myself a little. Mm-hmm. DDLG, littles, and mommies, daddies. I think even pet play, I think that's, that's a really great topic for another episode. Mm-hmm. But basically, um, an age player is somebody that likes to pretend pretend pretend
1: under context pretend bold
0: italicized I have a woman's body I love my woman's body I like to pretend that I am younger than I am because mm. I like coloring books I like lollipops I like cartoons it puts me into a safe place it's fun for me it's interesting I can't stress enough that just because you're an age player and you have people that age play very, very young and mm-hmm. do like diaper play, which is its own form of humiliation. Uh-huh. So it does count as as BDSM. These people are not pedophiles. They are not pederasts. Like it has nothing to do with mm-hmm. children. It's we are adults. We know we are adults. We enjoy being adults. We are play pretending. Yeah. So that was my next one. After that is submissive. Super obvious. <laughs> Pet, which again, considering the last couple absolutely makes sense um slave but i hate that term i i I wonder if the algorithm is because i i I would like to do this 24 7 yeah so i have suspicions that that might be why i got that one yeah what were you gonna say
1: oh no no i was gonna say uh, i thought you were talking about the term
0: oh okay yeah um experimentalist i love new stuff i like Mm -hmm. trying new things and this one made me laugh (laughs) <laughs> but then again, I have like a sixth sense of humor and uh-huh. I like trolling people. So that actually makes a lot of sense. Uh-huh. Um, my bottom five, which range from 0% to 5% is um, primal or mm-hmm. hunter rigor, which I love tying people up. So I'm a little bummed that that is, is that's there, very but, it, but it doesn't wonder, turn me on. Yeah. I think that's why it yeah. doesn't turn me on to tie people up. I just love doing it because I love rope mm-hmm. um, master and mistress degrader and owner oh wait no then that's right degradee is somebody that degradee. receives
1: receives
0: okay Doesn't yeah dish okay now all of this makes sense so yes <laughs> i am a degradee i do enjoy being degraded in humiliation play and it makes sense that degrader and owner i have zero on <laughs> any surprises for me no it's it <laughs> super
1: it's freaking accurate okay <laughs> it's really accurate it's super accurate okay ready for my results yes all so, right no, no,
0: no. this is your first time taking it.
1: Yes, my first time I haven't seen any of the questions. I just did this back uh, a couple of days ago. Oh, so excited. I did the full test. Yes. Okay so I'll do top 10 bottom five um so number one and number two tied for 100% exhibitionist and voyeur. okay and it makes total sense because the the idea of watching someone have sex, be it you know they invited me to watch them or I kind of like peek. That's a huge turn on. Likewise, I would be totally down for people watching me have sex. Huh. I think it's because I have such like the whole concept of you know like group sex. That's a major turn on for me. So I think that's kind of a a segue into that.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, ninety eight percent. Number three is switch. I see so that. I'm a total switch. Um, and funny enough, that rolls into previous relationships I've had. Mm. So at, at, As you were talking about how the whole DNS thing goes beyond sexuality, Um, a lot of my past relationships have been specifically either I took a more dominating role in the relationship, but then there's been a bunch of relationships where I was a sub. Mm -hmm. So I was looking at that, I'm like, holy shit, that makes a lot of sense personally.
0: (laughs) Do you find that having a partner that would be more of a switch is more suited, better suited for you? Yes,
1: absolutely. Yeah. and again, it's it's you know, roles in, in life and personal reasons, so yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah,
0: in and out of the bedroom, so to yeah, speak. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. Number four, uh, 96% boy girl. That okay. that kind of surprised me, but then thinking about it, I'm like I'm like a 13 year old in <laughs> in an adult male's body. Like,
0: I absolutely agree. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I like I love video games. Like like if I still had the like physical fortitude, I would go out skating every day. Yeah, yeah. So does not surprise me one bit. <laughs> um, fifth place, ninety-two percent was rope bunny. Okay. So that's that's pretty true because I was looking down the list and I got more submissive roles mm-hmm. ranked higher than dom. Yeah. So that totally makes sense on my on my side. Ninety percent age player.
0: I can see that.
1: Yeah. Again, that ties in the whole. I'm a teenager.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I think, and, and the DDLG community again has this sort of distinction of like what makes a little. Mm. So there's like littles and there's middles. And middles yeah. are more like uh, middle school, high school, and like. So basically, you are a re- age regressor and you do age play, uh-huh. but you don't feel or or your age play doesn't take you to a very, very, very young space so mm-hmm. you engage in act and that that's usually by what your activities that you're interested are uh-huh. so like skateboarding playing video games that's very much somebody that is a teenage age regressor mm-hmm. as opposed to some people that are 3 4 toddler age some people that are 8 or 9 mm-hmm. um and then some people and i've 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 attended events for age uh-huh. play and there is a very distinct difference between the different age levels so uh-huh. to speak interesting so if that came up for you it's maybe it's worth exploring yeah what i've that never mean?
1: heard that term before mm-hmm. um so sixth place was experimentalist yeah uh, so really similar like i'm down to try anything i think it's like i look at it from like oh this could be fun yeah let's just try it out um below that was non-monogamist and i think oh
0: that's interesting yeah. I you got that one and i didn't get that one yeah
1: i got that one and i think it like romantically I'm very much a monogamist. Mm-hmm. um like I don't uh, like I've never had a one night stand and like a lot of my previous partners I'm still friends with yeah like I've nearly if if it weren't for you know actual full relationships like every single person I've been with sexually was a friend with benefits or someone really close to me yeah yeah so like I was looking at that and I'm like that makes a lot of sense
0: yeah cuz I think you you've expressed a lot of interest in doing orgies, yeah. having threesomes, but and I think this goes for a lot of people that are non-monogamous, non-monogamous. At the end of the day, you still want to go home to your person. Yeah. Your persons if if that is the arrangement you have, mm-hmm. but it's like it's like the stray cat yeah. that still has its favorite houses and it's yeah. like just because I like to visit other neighborhoods doesn't mean that I don't love my my owners any less yeah
1: yeah exactly well put thank you (laughs) um and then beyond that was slave for 68 Mm -hmm. percent degraded and then submissive at 62 percent okay so those were like three back to back
0: yeah so you got all basically submissive stuff yeah
1: so what was interesting because on third place i had switch so i'm wondering like okay so i'm a switch but maybe i tend to Tend to gravitate more towards being a sub, yeah, than a dom,
0: and that's that is such crucial information. And I think that that's something that I really love about this test is it gives you those. I swear I was about to say shade, say (laughs) gradient, and it gives you data points to say, hey, I'm really interested in this, this, and this, with some proclivities, proclivities, Mm -hmm. proclivities towards certain things, and. Human sexuality again is it's a whole spectrum of things, it's a whole variety of different things, and so it's it doesn't surprise me that you are a switch, but you might prefer to be a sub most of Mm -hmm. the time, so like a 60 40 split,
1: yeah, yeah, and and it also depends on the person, too. That's true, yeah. Um, so for the bottom five, uh, at 44%, I got owner, doesn't stimulate me at all. (laughs) Uh, primal hunter,
0: yeah, but I didn't get. That Save. one's strange.
1: Uh, 43% was vanilla.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: That was like super low for me.
0: My my vanilla was 18%.
1: Wow. <laughs> and then bottom two, masochist and degrader was my bottom.
0: Interesting. Masochist is at the bottom of your list. Yeah. Even though you're submissive. Yeah. So I think that that, that within itself, like this whole discussion around being submissive.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm a submissive that is 100% masochist uh-huh. and you are submissive. Yeah, primary uh, with your switch with productivities towards submission. That is how much percent masochist. It was
1: thirty three percent.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think again, this is information. That's yeah, crucial.
1: And and again, there's so many different aspects of BDSM. Like I I figured out there's um a term called gentle femdom where it's basically it's sort of like a dominatrix, but it's the complete opposite end. So there's no pain. There's no masochist. It's a lot more caregiver.
0: So it's like, like mommy. Yeah, like
1: a mommy, like mommy DD, or what was it? M M
0: L B mdlb So it'd be mommy, dom, little boy. Yeah. Or mommy, dom, little girl. So M-D-L-G. But I think at that point, people say CGL,
1: which yeah. is caregiver little, little,
0: which is n- non-binary. Yeah. It's genderless. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, that, that term is really similar to that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and I, yeah. I think what we've come out of this is knowing how important it is to just know not only about Mm -hmm. the world of bdsm and and ds but also just like we may think we know ourselves but but apparently we don't and that is okay and being curious about it could help you achieve happiness in a way you didn't think was possible yeah
1: exactly I think that's it for this episode.
0: Yay, yeah, another episode down. Yeah, all right, guys.
1: We hope this was uh, super fun for you. We went through a lot of stuff.
0: We did. Yeah. And uh, if we missed anything, if I misspoke in some way, um, I'm very sorry. I did my best. <laughs> and uh, we hope that this gives you something to think about, something yeah, for sure. to share with a friend about.
1: Yeah, totally. Take the test and uh, share your results with us. We'd be Delighted to see. Yeah. And
0: yeah. find us on Instagram. We are Kinks and Tangents.
1: Yes. And pretty soon we will also be available on YouTube. We will syndicate the episodes on YouTube, youtube.com slash kinksandtangents. Woo! And we are rolling out to your favorite podcast platforms. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you'll find all our stuff eventually on there. Woo! All right, guys. Bye-bye! Bye-bye!
0: <laughs> Kinks and tangents.